Make some noise for the Lord this morning, uh, church family. Those at the live studio. Excellent. I'm glad you're making noise unto God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Can we just get an indication of thumbs uh, on how everyone's doing this morning? Even uh, from home. Oh, fantastic. Look, everyone in the studio here is doing fantastic. Fantastic. Hallelujah, Jesus. Before I share an encouragement this morning, uh, I always like to say that I'm sharing an encouragement rather than preaching, because I find that the word preaching, there's a lot of uh, intense feeling that uh, is surrounded by the word preaching. And uh, I like to share an encouragement based off of what God has taught me and the revelations he's shown me. And I pray that it helps you to grow, helps you to mature or mature in the things of Christ, especially in the season that we are in right now. God is preparing the body of Christ. God is preparing us for greater things that are coming. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Even if you are in bed, say amen. Amen. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. So our scripture that we read for Mount Refuge Church is from Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 to 9. Keep, Keep this, this book, book of the Lord always on your lips. Meditate, meditate on, on it day, day and night, night so, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And have I not commanded you, Jesus said, to be strong and courageous. Do not, do not be afraid. Do not, do not be, be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go, even as you sit in your home. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I am just an empty vessel. You would use me, fill me, Father God, with your glory and grace to deliver this encouragement, Lord, and I pray that it would empower, encourage, and help people to grow in their relationships with you, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name, I pray. There was a song that we sang in worship today. Uh, I, I feel like it's a, it's a very vital song for the season that we are in. I just want to sing that chorus and bridge again. <clears throat> Yeah. 
was just a summary of our, fam- our journey as a family. I think that uh, if you are caught out into the wild, as I say, you've been caught out by the Lord to uh, fulfill His calling. It's literally that. That's the only thing that you can pray is, Lord, uh, I'm available. I can't really, this is all I have, but I give everything to you. And I feel like that's been the journey of our family. And the reason why I wanted to uh, shed light on that song is uh, the season that we are in. And nobody is going to come out of this pandemic the same. We're all going to come out of this pandemic whether um, we've been physically ill from this pandemic or we've been in lockdown with our families and uh, being forced to reconcile, been forced to uh, bring bring together the family and, and, and make sure that our relationships are on par. We are not going to come out of this pandemic the same. And what's so awesome is we have this clean slate to start all over again and bring change, bring about a change, bring about a new perspective or a new way of doing things. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. And I want to bring that to our message this morning. The text for our message we can find in Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 to 9. I want to give you some time to search for our reading this morning. If you're having trouble finding Matthew, then Houston, we have a problem. Genesis and Matthew are probably the books that we should all know off by heart where they are in the order of the Bible. In the studio, if you have Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 to 9, please say amen. Amen. Some of you, I feel like you don't have Matthew chapter 5. (laughs) If I'm just saying it for the sake of saying it. Amen. Amen in the virtual world. Thank you, Ma. Oh, yes, I can, hear, I can hear our church family saying amen. Beautiful. I'm not going to be long this morning. I'm, it's just swift. <laughs> now, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and, they, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. And I'm going to read verse 10 as well. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mm. Now, prior to this chapter, in chapter 4, Jesus is fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And he concludes his fast by being led into the desert. And he was being led to the desert by the Spirit. And he was being led so that he could be tempted. How, how fitting is it that Jesus... <laughs> Just finishes his fasting, and then all of a sudden the spirit's like, okay, let's go to be tempted. Let's test. Let's test you. (laughs) Sadie. (laughs) This ordeal, though, it teaches us that the devil preys on our human weaknesses. But if the spirit is dwelling within us, we can overcome. Because Jesus, he combated every temptation with the word of God. Why? Because the spirit was dwelling within him. Because he had just completed his 40 days of fasting. 
We are taught here in this chapter also that fasting is a very valuable tool to combat the plans of the enemy. It strengthens us spiritually and it enables us and our spirit man to be connected to the heart of God. Now, after this, Jesus begins, after his you know, ordeal and being tempted in the desert, he then starts, he then begins his ministry. He begins to teach, he, began, he begins to preach. In verse uh, 12 of chapter 4, of chapter four um, he starts to get a following, you know. How many of you have a huge following on Instagram? Oh, okay, Liz. Liz has five followers. That's a huge following. <laughs> Beautiful. And then as we're walking through verse 12 of chapter 4, we come to verse 18 where he begins the process of calling his first disciples, which he finds fishing. Now, I love talking about the story of Jesus. I don't know if there's, no, there isn't. There is no better example of everything in life than the life of Jesus. And so I wanted to shed light on that this morning. What I'm talking about now isn't exactly what I'm preaching on, but it helps to bring a backstory to what we're going to talk about. You see, Jesus changed the course of humanity. We, as believers, as the body of Christ, as children of the Most High King, we have been destined to change the world. Jesus only had three years to change the world. His mandate was huge. His job, responsibility, and the things he needed to complete was huge, but he had such a small time to fulfill everything that he needed to do. It was very limited. So what did he do? He focused his energy into specific direction. He focused his energy, who that he was, everything that he was pouring out, he focused it in a specific direction. He devoted his small time that he had here on earth for the replication and the raising up of leaders. Now, that's a message for another time. Uh, but again, I'm just giving a backstory. Moving along to verse 23 of Matthew chapter 4, Jesus begins to heal the sick. And then the news about him starts to spread far and wide. And be people, they begin searching out Jesus. They begin to, to be filled with this curiosity of, who is this man? Can he really heal? And then people from far and wide start bringing all of their relatives and, and their friends that are sick. And among those people, verse 24 uh, of chapter 4 says that people were bringing those of various diseases, people that were demon-possessed, those that were having seizures, those that were paralyzed. And what did Jesus do? He healed them all. And as he's moving along in his journey, these small groups, the small following starts to get bigger and bigger. And it goes from a small gathering of people to a crowd. And people who experienced Christ heal before their very eyes, they start to follow this man. Now, people initially, they followed Jesus first because of what they heard and then because of what he did. And how funny is it that in the space of time when Jesus is healing, he just started healing. His actions went before his words in this present time here that we're reading. 
And what an exciting time to be alive. Everyone was curious and everyone was like, oh my gosh, following the hype. Man, how awesome would it have been to be in that space where Jesus was just walking, laying hands on the sick, they were recovering and Jesus was just... <laughs> and as he's healing, the following just grew and grew and grew. Then we finally come to chapter 5 of Matthew and the heading of this chapter, I'm sure you saw it there, the heading of the chapter is the Beatitudes. The word Beatitude means supreme blessedness. There's this level of blessing that we operate in when we are in obedience to God and then there's the Beatitudes and that is the supreme level of blessing where there is over, an overabundance an overflow of God's blessing in one's life. Now, this chapter it opens up with, now when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside. It was as if Jesus was healing, 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 healing. And then finally, he went to take a breath, but he turns around to take a breath, right? He turns around, takes a breath, and he's like, oh, oh, oh my goodness, <laughs> so many people. So he's going up to the mountainside because obviously if there's a crowd and everyone's on the same level as Jesus, Jesus can't see everybody. Correct? Yeah. When there's a huge crowd, the only people that can see Jesus are the people that are in direct contact with Jesus, who are in face value with Jesus. And Jesus cannot see those at the back of the crowd. So Jesus goes up on the mountainside like this. There's some deep and meaningful uh, philosophy behind that but I, I'm not here to talk about that just yet I'm here to talk about the man named Jesus goes up into the mountainside and he sits down man the poise and the level of calmness this man beheld is very inspiring to someone like me because I'm always full speed ahead but Jesus sees the crowd he doesn't feel anything he doesn't feel no nervousness he doesn't feel a uh, uh, you know, like a, a butterflies. No, Jesus peacefully walks up the mountain, sits down, because that's what teachers do. And the disciples followed him and they sat down with him. Mountain, Jesus, disciples, crowd. The position that Jesus was now sitting in gave him the ability to see everybody that was present. <clears throat> Now, when he saw the crowds, he went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Amen. Jesus is teaching us, not just the people present on that day, he's teaching us about blessed attitudes. How many of us live with a blessed attitude? Do you, have a do you live with a blessed attitude every day? Do you really? <laughs> Better yet, let me ask your family. Let me ask your co-workers if you live with a blessed attitude. Let me ask the people that you are in close proximity with, that you fellowship with on a daily. Would they reply with, you do have a blessed attitude? 
Oh, yeah, she did have a blessed attitude when she first got her job. Oh, she had a blessed attitude before he met her. Today, I want to touch on a topic that I believe we struggle with from time to time, and it's something that we need to address constantly if we want to live a blessed life in this new season that we are heading into. In this day and age, unforgiveness can be seen sometimes as a strength, you know, staunch pride, masking our anger and hiding the pain that we carry inside. And I want to encourage us today with the message, with the title of my message, and that is The Great Release. Turn to your kids or your spouse or to your bedroom wall and say, The Great Release. I can't hear you, The Great Release. Jesus was teaching his leadership team, his disciples, as well as the church, right? That offenses will come. Just because you've been saved by grace and received Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, it doesn't mean you aren't going to get offended. Being saved by grace allows us the freedom to forgive and let it go in grace. We hear so many promises about growth, so many promises about blessings. We have preachers that preach about the promises of righteousness and healing and, and, and freedom and prosperity, but we never hear the promise that Jesus gives his disciples. The promise of offenses. Offenses will come over and over and over and over and over again. See, that's a promise. If it's constantly happening, it's a promise. <laughs> the longer you live, the more things are going to offend you. You can't hide from it. You can't run from it. You can't dodge it. They will come. Our ability to handle offenses will determine our direction in our lives for the next 20, 30, 40 years. God will promote you to the level of your tolerance of pain. When you can't handle pain, you lose the promotion. If you can't handle it, if you can't take it, you cannot be promoted. If you're too sensitive, you can't have it. In the corporate world, the more you have to handle, the more you get paid. Is that not correct? Because the higher you go in your, your job, obviously the more difficult it is, but you're seen as the solution-based person. You're the one that brings the answers because that's what you're paid to do. But you get paid big bucks, big dollars for it, yeah? You can't put a little boy in a big man's shoes because he won't be able to handle it. There is nothing worse than putting a little boy or a little, a small-minded person in a big position because all they would do is talk but not walk the talk. Broad shoulders, chest up, but can't handle the truth because they're too sensitive. And they hate and despise people that are on the come up or anyone that, is a, that goes above them in positions of leadership and power. And they're argumentative and they start gossip. Why? Wrong mentality put into the wrong position. When you ask for promotion, I'm not just talking about in a job. I'm talking about in the spiritual aspect. When we ask God for a promotion in our spiritual lives, we are asking for more problems and more offenses. What's the word that a, that a preacher once said? The higher the levels, the bigger the devils. Am I the only one that heard this? 
oh yeah, I can hear an amen from the virtual uh, church tuning in. The higher the levels, the bigger the devils. Jesus, that's it. Jesus, the teacher, goes up to the mountainside and sits down. He was preparing himself to give the teaching of his life. From chapter 5 right up until chapter 7, he teaches his disciples and the crowd about living a blessed life. He covers divorce. He covers murder. He, co he covers being the salt and light. He covers judging others. He covers fulfilling the law, oaths, giving to the needy, love, loving thy enemies, prayer, and not worrying. The moment Jesus sat down, man, he took the opportunity to teach the people for three whole chapters in Matthew. But what's funny is before he starts this teaching, he starts off in chapter five with the Beatitudes. He starts by teaching us to address our attitudes and whether we are living and walking with a blessed attitude. Stink attitudes, I believe, they are a result of suppression. Suppression of the things that have offended us that we didn't let go of and now it has built up on the inside. Is that not correct? Peter says to Jesus, how many times do I need to forgive? And Jesus turns around, 70 times seven. Jesus is not looking for the answer to 70 times seven. No, he was trying to reiterate this idea or this fact that forgiving is constant. It's over and over and over and over again until you are completely free. Amen? As soon as you get offended, let it go. I'm speaking about this because it's what I've learned. It's what I've come from and I want to share it. And I hope that it would encourage you so that you can win in this next season of your life. As soon as you get offended, let it go. As soon as you get offended, release it. As soon as you get offended, let it go. Don't allow anything to take a foothold in you. Don't allow anything or let anything collect or build within you to, and because eventually it'll make you sick yeah. and it's not worth it is not worth your time or your day amen don't allow your history to abort your destiny don't sabotage the calling of greatness God has over your life for something so small that you could have let go if you're going to be a disciple we need if we are going to be disciples of Jesus we have to master the art of shaking it off, of shaking it off, of releasing it. You cannot breathe in air. Get this. You cannot inhale air and not exhale air. You have to exhale, right? You cannot eat food and not eliminate it. What goes in must always be released. But you know what's funny is God has a system for a system of God has a system of elimination for every area of our lives apart from the heart. I was watching The Shack earlier this week. Um, it's a movie about forgiveness. And it's about um, this man who suffered a lot of trauma growing up in his childhood. And uh, his dad was an alcoholic and his dad used to beat his mom and beat him. And then uh, the story goes on to show that he has a family, he's been married for 18 years, has three beautiful children, a beautiful wife, 
and then God, or not God, and then God, no, actually he did. God causes things around him um, to stir his faith. And what happens is his youngest daughter, who was the apple of his eye, gets taken from him. And when his daughter, his, his baby gets taken from him, he doesn't see anybody or anyone but grief. And because of the pain he was carrying, the, his relationships with his children, his friends and his wife started to experience a bit of turmoil. His name was Mac. Now Mac suppressed these issues. And when he was dealing with the loss of his daughter, he has a true encounter with the nature of God. God our Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God wants us to experience the Beatitudes. But we can't experience the fullness of his blessings if we are holding on to unforgiveness. If we're holding on to shame, if we're holding on to guilt, or if we're holding on to regrets. I had to learn this the hard way. God wants to heal you and deliver you and bring you to a place of great release. That is why Jesus teaches us in Matthew chapter 5 the importance of a blessed attitude. An attitude that is not clouded by offenses. An attitude that doesn't hold on to unforgiveness from the things that happened to us in the past years ago or yesterday or the week before. God is causing this generation to arise. I really do believe that. God is causing this generation or the, his body, the body of Christ to arise and stand and be counted. But we cannot stand and be counted holding on to things and being enslaved to the past. We cannot allow our history to abort our destiny. Because where we are headed is not where we've been. Amen? Amen. And while I call up Pastor Abraham this morning, I would like to and call up Revelation. I would like to read the ending of the Beatitudes. Told you I'm swift. In verse 11 of that chapter, it says, Jesus says to the people, Blessed are you when people insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I pray that this morning or today you come to this space in your life of release that you would find great release so that you can experience the full capacity of God's blessing over your life, over the generations before you and after you, and his blessing over everything that you touch with your hands, physically and spiritually. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.